0: Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CosmicPotatoNetwork.com.
1: Look, Daddy, Peter says, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings.
2: Welcome to Cosmic Potato,
1: the super fan talk podcast. Fragile. it must be Italian. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I wouldn't worry about Chewbacca. I know him, and he hasn't missed a life day yet, right? Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be.
0: Where do you think you're gonna put a tree that
2: big? Bend over and I'll
1: show you. Ow! Son of a nutcracker! Who ever heard of a skinny Santa? Eat! Eat!
2: Now, on with the show. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode in our 12 Days of Christmas series. We are bringing you a bonus episode of the show every day until Christmas Day. And in this episode, we're going to talk about movies and TV episodes that we think use the, the Christmas trope fairly well. And when I say Christmas trope, I mean, like, how many versions of a Christmas carol have we had? And we, and you can actually just talk about your favorite version of a Christmas carol if you want to. But uh, a Christmas carol, and then the trope of "It's a Wonderful Life" of you know, life would be better if I had never been born, and uh, and you can even do like you know, there's a Christmas trope of like gift of the is it gift of the Magi or yeah. a miracle on 34th Street. You know, th- th- those tropes that kind of get redone over and over and over, especially in the very special Christmas episode of TV shows and stuff. But um, I'm going to start a 20-minute timer so that we don't overstay our holiday welcome. Uh So, I put this one down because this is one that I've never actually seen, but I knew that probably one of... at least one of you guys have probably seen it and would want to talk about it. But uh the, the $6 million man did an episode called A Bionic Christmas Carol. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, after an accident at a NASA... uh, After an accident, a NASA contractor, uh, Steve uses his bionic abilities to convince the gruff, penny-pinching head of the company to change his callous ways. So have either one of you guys ever seen that episode?
1: I probably did. (laughs) Hell if I remember it. But, you know, I I watched all of the Six Million Dollar Man, but... Uh, no, I don't specifically remember that episode. No.
2: The um, the thing with the especially like in science fiction shows, um, people are able to write stories where a character can use whatever science fiction powers they have to do a version of a Christmas Carol. Doctor Who did a Christmas Carol in the the Matt Smith. I know Rick, you you don't like it because it's the swimming, it's the flying sharks and flying stuff like shark. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But they also had uh, a singer on there. I don't remember her name, but she's probably one of the most beautiful human beings ever made.
2: Oh, you're no, you're talking about the Titanic episode. That's a different episode. Oh,
1: is that a different one? Yeah,
2: it wasn't her name, oh, Astrid something. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know the character's name, but uh, the the performer
0: that you're speaking of is Kylie Minogue. It that's it. On the Titanic episode, yeah, Kylie yeah. Minogue.
1: All right, now I gotta look it up because I, I, I I absolutely
0: absolutely support your assertion that she is one of the most beautiful humans to ever. Yeah, I just,
1: the, the the person who I'm thinking of was not a name. I recognize
2: if you bring up a list of, of, um, the doctor's companions, she's listed in that list because technically she was a companion, at least for that one episode. So, Mm -hmm.
0: and, and it's, it's entirely possible that the Christmas special you're thinking of did have a guest companion played by another, uh, uh, performer that i'm just not aware of but uh you know like any other you know halfway decent film fan uh of uh, of my generation uh jean-claude van damme's uh starring role in street fighter brought me to the theaters and that's where we saw kylie minogue as as cammy you know uh, a brilliant cinematic Yeah, <laughs> See, Rick is too distracted. He's not laughing at wonderful jokes about Street Fighter being a great movie.
2: The Christmas Carol episode, the companions were uh Rory and Amy because they were in the TARDIS and they were coming but there was some kind of time dilation that was making it take a really long time for them to get there even though for them it was hap- it was simultaneous, it was instantaneous but for the doctor it was taking forever. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> um I wrote this oh, one down. Uh, ha, ha,
1: ha, 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 ha. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, just laughing. <laughs> uh,
2: Scott, I know you had mentioned uh, in, uh, a couple weeks ago in a post that one of your favorite versions of a Christmas Carol was Mickey's Christmas Carol. Absolutely. Yeah. It. It's the
0: only. It, it's the only one I think of when uh, when people ask about about Christmas Carol. I. I don't even think of anything resembling the original. Um uh Dickens uh Christmas. It, it was Dickens, right?
2: Yeah, wrote,
1: yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. Um I never think of any of his original stuff. I only think of uh uh Mickey's Christmas Carol with Ebenezer with Scrooge McDuck as Ebenezer Scrooge.
2: Yeah. <laughs> in
0: a brilliant voice performance by the actor. I feel bad because I I have known the name of the actor who uh, originally voiced Scrooge McDuck, um, who I believe has passed, but
2: um, he
0: was was doing the voice in that special and he was magnificent in that one. Uh, he, He brought the funny. It was definitely a Disney characterization of the voice, but when he needed to, he actually gave that Disney animated performance more gravity than you were apt to see in in most of the disney works at the time
2: alan young yes yes that's right He's the actor yes. um i he
0: he was emoting more with his vocal performance in in that film than uh than was common uh back then it, it was it was outstanding his uh his inflections uh, still stick with me. I can I can still hear them, and it's been years since I watched. it. I'm going to have to uh, have it ready so I can watch it myself next month.
2: My favorite version of a Christmas Carol has always been a Muppets Christmas Carol. I like the Mickey's Christmas Carol. I, that was probably the first one that I ever saw. Um, but the uh, a Muppets Christmas Carol came out when I was probably fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was I was a Muppet fan already from all the way. Early childhood, Sesame Street, and all that. Yeah, if you, for sure. I mean, if you count the the Muppets and the Sesame Street as being the same thing, they, they kind, they're related. You anyway, they're cousins. Um, but yeah, the, the Muppets Christmas Carol with uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, basically the only Michael human. Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine, basically Michael Caine. basically the only the only human in the entire. thing. But he. Uh, uh, and then everybody else's Muppets, and of course it's a musical and everything. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, Catherine um, Jenkins was in the Doctor Who Christmas special called A Christmas Carol. She didn't say anything other than sing, and she was like in a in a stasis pod. But I just remember oh, that's who that you're talking about. Okay, staggeringly gorgeous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had sorry, we had well and truly moved on. Sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol is great, and I have a lot of respect for that one um, i I had seen it, but I wasn't terribly familiar with it uh, until uh, until I was married and uh, Nicole and I watched it uh, uh, you know multiple times uh, as the holiday season came around. It'd be one of those movies that we would uh, pop in at least once during the Christmas season and it, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I give her a lot of credit because she went uh, a little Star Trek fan. On it uh in that we're watching the copy that we had and then it jumps a scene and she's like, wait a minute, there's a scene missing hold up and we have to stop the movie and she has to figure it out and they cut a song that she remembered. But they'd cut it from the release that that we had. So anytime we watched it, we had to pause the movie at that particular spot. And then she would bring the song up on YouTube and then we all have to watch the song on her phone. <laughs> and then we can resume the movie on the TV after
2: the song is over. It must have been and you must I, have been like it must have been like a recording from television or something like that.
0: I, I think it was it was probably uh a rip from like like I don't think it was a rip from VHS copy, but probably like an early DVD.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Okay, but my I, problem with I'm not sure. My problem with the Muppet Christmas Carol is it was the first Muppet movie that came out after Jim Henson's death. Is and that
0: true? I believe it is, yeah.
1: Uh and it just didn't work for me. I mean it was it was wonderful. It was everything anyone who did not grow up with Jim Henson would want. But it just it there was there was something missing for me that didn't come back until a Muppet Treasure Island. And I think it was just too close to Henson's to Henson's death. I think there was, I mean, I'll, I'll it it just there was a feeling, there was a, a subtext, there was a, a a flavor that was missing, and I don't expect anyone appreciably younger than me to even notice it, uh, but. And, and it may have been entirely my, you guys better get this effing right, goddammit. Um, yeah, the only thing
2: I remember being different was Kermit just sounded different.
1: Well, Kermit sounded different, <laughs> yeah. but there was there was just, there was a, there was the, the whole thing, though. There, w- there was a flavor to it that it, it, it was an ephemeral thing that I can't really put my finger on.
0: Particular producers, writers, directors, anyone who has a strong hand in the creation of a property behind the scenes will always find a way one way or another to infuse their own energy into it or the way that other people work the way that other people will frame things or shoot things uh, will be affected because of the presence of this person or the person who is driving the train will choose the people who are making the film people who are shooting it the people who are framing it the people who are designing it will choose them because they share the sensibilities that they want on screen for example when you're watching a Jerry Bruckheimer produced film you know you're watching a Bruckheimer produced yes. film that's just the way it is he's not shooting it he's not writing it but you know when he's the producer because it looks like a Bruckheimer film yeah. it's it's very similar with with Henson you know when you're watching a, a movie that Jim Henson uh, had a hand in and not just because Kermit sounds a particular way or moves a particular way or other characters sound a particular way. Cause he voiced so many of them. It's not just because of that, but Henson brought his energy to it and it, it did change and it got, it got better after time. But that, that first movie where he's not a part of it. Yeah. It, it's good to show.
1: And it, you know, and it's, it's entirely possible that that was weighing more heavily on my mind I haven't. I only watched it the one time when it came out. You know, I saw it in the the movie theater, Mm -hmm. Um, and I never saw it again. So maybe if I watched it again, I'd have a different view on it. But well, it was also it was a completely different
2: thing than anything that they had done before. Because I mean, this is like 19th century England, and the the other movies that they had made were the Muppets Take Manhattan and the Great Muppet Caper and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: but that shouldn't matter. That you know, I was. And you know, and I love everything about it. You know, I love Michael Caine. Michael Caine can do no wrong in my mind, and I don't think anybody did anything wrong. There was just there, there was an an ineffable <laughs> something missing from that movie, and it just it it felt flat and soulless to me.
0: If a Big Mac is missing the sesame seeds, you're going to notice, even if you don't notice <laughs> it, you're noticing.
2: Um, I know another one that Scott has probably seen. Um. This is from the It's a Wonderful Life type of trope. There was an episode of Smallville called Lexmas. Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I remember that one. Uh, uh, and it wasn't really Lex had never been born. It was Clark wasn't there or Clark didn't have powers. Which one was it? Um, was it Clark wasn't there at all. Be right back. Yeah. I,
0: I have a hard time remembering exactly. I don't know if it was that Clark didn't have powers or not, but uh, it was for whatever reason, um, their roles had reversed and Clark was uh, successful and well off. uh, And Lex uh, was not a mogul. He did not have Lex court behind him uh, or under him. Uh, He was just trying to scratch out a living, but he had Lana.
2: And he was really good friends with the Kents. Like he was at their house all the time, or he li- he may have lived with them. I'm not sure, but basically I, he ha- he was in Clark's place.
0: I I wonder if uh if it had like switched around like like Clark had been taken in by Lionel, and and Lex kind of left home because of it, and because it's Lex he doesn't know that Clark is is Superman, then he wouldn't have had this fantasy of a powered Clark would just been a regular Clark. Yeah. I'm making this up. I really can't remember the episode. The, the I only story, remember that it the happened. story
2: was that he had I've to he got injured of it. Yeah, he got injured and he had to go through some kind of surgery and while he was under he was having this fantasy. But the difference in the episode is that when he comes out the other end of it he's not a better person, he's a worse person. <laughs> yeah. Because he had everything that he wanted in this fantasy and now the fantasy's gone and it kind of drives him to become more of the Lex that we know from, you know, from the comics and stuff, which is a bad guy. Right. (laughs) But yeah, that, that, that episode, uh, comes back to my mind. I've meant to go back the last couple of years and try and watch it again, but it just hasn't happened. But, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of, um christmas episodes that that uh, i think about as much as that as, as that one but that 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 one is pretty
1: good um and if you were a I kid did, go ahead rick and I, 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 are you are you done talking about yeah this? yeah go I, ahead i, I left because i've never seen small i i watched the first episode of smallville and that's it um it gets pretty there good. there is a, a what it gets pretty good it's a good show eh just as I don't really care about Bruce Wayne, I don't care about Clark Kent. I'm like Superman <laughs> and Batman, and that's... <laughs> Clark, Kent
2: is, Clark Kent is Superman.
1: <laughs> anyway, I, that's a whole other show. <laughs> I will say, late,
0: later on in the series, they introduce an, an, enough supporting characters that it helps to
2: take some of the focus off of Clark.
1: How I think many was, seasons?
2: Um, Five? I mean, six? the show the was ten seasons long.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, so. it, and he, he put on the costume in the last Episode right.
2: Well, they said from the very beginning that he wasn't going to put on the costume at all.
1: Exactly why I'm not going (laughs) to
0: (laughs) walk. They they worked their way around that a couple times. Like they find a way to cheat and have him fly. They have a way to cheat Uh, and have him wear the symbol. The blur. (laughs) Um, and you know some recognizable characters show up in in the first couple seasons, and then of course by the time we get to season, I want to say six, uh, Supergirl is a recurring character, and. I think it's also in season six where we get a um, a prototype form of the Justice League, and you get a wonderful shot of Clark Kent, Aquaman, Green Arrow, the Flash, and Cyborg all walking towards the camera with a big ass explosion behind them. It's sweet.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm sure. I can look up that picture and not have to watch five and a half episodes of shit without them. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there is, you know, I, I, I've been saying all along that I, I have a lot of trouble with these Christmas episodes because I just don't watch Christmas movies. I don't watch Christmas shows. I, but there is one that I love. Have any of you seen the Black Adder Christmas special?
2: Yeah, with Mr. Bean no. as uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> it's Rowan Atkinson, yes, but he's playing Black Adder. Lord Blackadder, not Mr. Bean. <laughs> um, and it takes the whole Christmas Carol trope and turns it on its head. If you've ever watched the Blackadder, especially season two or series two, because it's British, uh, of Blackadder, it takes place in Elizabethan England. And Black Lord Blackadder is just this absolute bastard. And he abuses everyone and he sucks up to the queen and he's got his, his servant Baldrick who he abuses. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And they, the, they did a a, series, a Christmas special where it's a Christmas Carol, but it's in reverse. It's like Lord Blackadder is a philanthropist and he gives all his money away and he's helping people, and then he's visited by the ghosts of his wretched alter egos or whatever. And by the end of it, he becomes the absolute asshole that we we love to hate in the <laughs> series. And it's it just takes the whole trope and flips it over, and it's brilliant.
2: Um,
0: kind yeah, of like I it, know Black it, re- did like re- a doctor. Re- Who. It reminds me a little bit of uh, of an episode of Smallville where. <laughs> Lex is uh you know visited by by ghosts of a of of a life that he could have had and then when it's over he's a worse person.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, we, you know it's it's not like we're going to talk about that. So.
2: There's another we we got like I got like 2 minutes left on my timer but I, I did want to mention since we we talked about the Muppet Christmas Carol a few minutes ago. There's another Muppet movie that came out several years later that was made for TV and it was called a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie. And it was 2002 Kermit's trying to save the Muppet theater from closing. And he wonders if life would have been better if he'd never left the swamp. So, you know, he gets to see how much worse off all of the other Muppet characters would be. And what I really liked about it was it was the first time, because this was before that Muppet movie that came out in what 20, 2015, 2016, something like that. Uh, I can't
0: remember what year, but with uh, Jason Segel, yeah,
2: yeah, this was the first time that I remember seeing the Muppet Theater since the Muppet Show, because mm-hmm. none of the other Muppet movies have been really about that theater and and and, and all that. So, yeah, I I know I saw that one once,
0: um, but I still I still like better um, the older Muppet uh, Christmas TV special. Uh, I can't remember what they called that specific one, but it it took place at. Uh, Fozzie's mother's house and they brought in you know yeah the muppets i think you had i think you had Emmett otter's uh jug band showed up mm-hmm. uh the the guy from fraggle rock uh along with sprocket the dog were there it that was that was a great special that special yeah. was really really good and then at the end of it you had uh jim henson in the kitchen washing the dishes <laughs> and, re- re- and reflecting on how reflecting on how happy he was that they really seem
2: to be enjoying themselves. Yeah, this was after cuz at the, at this point in 2002, this I think this was before Disney had bought them. So what was going to happen with the Muppets was still kind of up in the air. They weren't making theatrical movies anymore. Mm-hmm. They didn't no, have a TV Disney show. They
1: bought them before that.
2: Huh? They
1: bought them before 2002.
2: Oh, really? Well, they they, they yeah, weren't well, the they weren't really doing anything to, with them.
1: Well, the last time I went to Disney MGM was in 1996. And ah, here we go, Disney had just acquired the Muppets. I could be wrong, okay.
2: but no they, yeah, you, know. you may be right, but they weren't really doing anything with them so they they weren't make there were no theatrical movies, there was nothing really happening on t v and then this movie came out, and then really we didn't get anything from the Muppets again until uh the 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 Jason Siegel movie, which mm-hmm. was over over a decade later, and then we got the and then we got the Muppet um uh, Sitcom that happened a few years ago, which I liked. <laughs>
1: oh shit! I was very wrong. They were Disney didn't get them until two
2: thousand four. Oh, now Amazing. they, but they may have been at Disney World because you know what? Uh, that you mentioned Star Wars was at Disney World before the actual acquisition happens i
1: remember jokes about the muppets and disney had been sleeping together for years and they just finally got married
2: (laughs) (laughs) now i went to the they have they have a muppet show at disney world that i think is great and it's it's muppets 3d yeah when you go in you feel like you're going into the muppet theater Mm -hmm. and and the film is all in 3d and everything and it I mean, it's, it's very realistic so
0: yeah, yeah. I, I remember
2: that one that one was well put together i enjoyed that Fire all right i'm going to draw a curtain on this episode uh <laughs> we're we're going to be back uh we're doing that we're doing an episode all, all of the 12 days of christmas i'm not sure which order i'm releasing them so by the time so this comes out
1: my shirt this time <laughs>
2: by the time this comes out, we may or may not have already done our star Wars holiday special, but if it is not December 19th or December 20th, uh, on December 19th, we'll be doing a live stream where we'll be watching the star Wars holiday special. And then, uh, it'll be released <laughs> as a podcast the next day. So, uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have Joe, Joe Crow and Gary, Gary Mitchell are going to be there. Joe and I did a version of this live on stage. And, uh, uh, Rick, you know it's going to be like that Captain America. You're not really even going to be watching the movie. You're going to be <laughs> <laughs> riffing on it more than anything else. So, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to close this out. Scott, thanks for being here. Well, thank you. This is fun. It's the first
0: one I've been able to make since we started making them. So I'm glad.
2: Rick, thank you.
1: God blesses everyone.
2: All right, join us tomorrow, guys. We'll have another one of these.